0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by. Welcome to the shared international first quarter 2020 results conference call and webcast. At this time, all participants are in a listen only mode. Following management's presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session and instructions will be given at that time. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star zero for assistance at any time. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded today, Friday, May 1, 2020 at 10 a.m. EST. I will now turn the presentation over to Joe Racanelli, Director of Investor Relations and Communications. Please go ahead.
1: Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Uh, due to COVID-19, uh, all management is in separate locations, and I apologize in advance if we experience any technical issues. Uh, during today's call, we will be following a presentation, a copy of that is available on our website at Sherrod.com. As as customer, we will be making forward-looking statements and those details are available within our presentation. With me are David Pathé, Sherrod CEO, as well as Andrew Snowden, our Chief Financial Officer, and Steve Wood, Chief Operating Officer. And they will be in their sections reviewing our financial and operating results for the quarter. Following the management discussion, we will have a Q&A session as customary. Thank you. And David, please go ahead. Okay, um, well, good morning everybody. Thanks, Joe. Um, well, obviously a tremendous amount has changed in the world in the, in the last couple of months uh, since we spoke to you around uh, the timing of our Q4 release uh, in late February. Um, a lot of developments, uh, both externally and internally. We wanted to tell you about, it shed a little of light on a few of those this morning um, before we take your questions. Um, As John mentioned, we're all speaking to you from our homes uh, this morning, and as I I imagine, uh, many of you are listening from home this morning as well. A few highlights on on the first main slide on page four there. Um, We obviously um, took a lot of actions in in March to to address uh, the impact of COVID-19, and we took a lot of actions at our operating sites to address the health and safety of our employees um, by implementing uh, new health and safety practices, new work processes. We have a lot of people working at home. Um, but as a result of all those measures uh, thus far, we have not had any um, instances of infection of COVID-19 in, uh, in our employees and we have not yet experienced any significant disruption uh, to our production as a result of, of COVID-19. Um, and, uh, and as when Steve speaks, he'll give you a bit more insight into the, some of the steps we've taken to, to, uh, to address the issue in, across our operations. Um, I want to highlight liquidity Um you'll, when you take a look at the results, you'll see our Q1 liquidity was actually up over Q4. A uh, number of factors driving that. Um, uh, certainly we saw dividends from the, from the Amoa joint venture, but those were largely based on, on previous periods and, and higher times of higher commodity prices. Um, we did uh, also at the time we mentioned we released our Q4, but during the quarter we signed a, a, an upgraded receivables deal with the Cubans to see greater cash flows flowing to us uh, on our overdue receivables and we did see that money flow in february and march um, but we have seen the pace of collections uh, from from on our given receivables uh, slow considerably in in april here Um, we did also conduct a forward sale uh, of nickel in the first quarter that for delivery over the course of this year that brought in about 16 million dollars Uh, And we have um, continued to realize more savings from our ongoing efforts to reduce administrative expenses and some of the austerity measures that we put in place uh, in in March in response to uh, to the COVID nineteen outbreak. Um, So although we're starting to see some signs of the the curve flattening both in Canada and Cuba, near term visibility for for customer demand um, for commodity prices. Uh, both for the the products we produce and for income commodities and and, uh, and Cuban energy payments remains uh, unclear. We're, we're still working through what that means for our liquidity over the balance of this year and beyond. Another key development of the quarter was the launch of our balance sheet initiative, and it was aimed at strengthening our capital structure and addressing our near-term debt issues. Um, we've obviously delayed the, the meetings that were intended to be held in early April to approve that uh that transaction and Andrew will provide an update on the status of that when he uh, speaks of the Q1 financial results. Overall production was was marked by solid Nickel and coal oil productions in the mola JV, and despite some of the transportation issues that interrupt delivery of mixed sulfides um uh, to the refinery in Port Saskatchewan. Um, but the solid production overall is indicative of the success of our operational excellence and issues that we've been uh ended working on over the last uh, couple of years. I'll come back and speak to you at the end about um, about nickel markets and a couple outlook and a couple of things. Um, but now Steve is going to take over and speak about uh, our COVID nineteen response and some of the operating results. Steve, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Dave. Um, before I
2: discuss our operational highlights, I'd like to briefly comment on our efforts to promote health and safety throughout our operations. Uh, Q one was a strong quarter from a health and safety perspective. Um, overall sure it had a recordable injury frequency rate of 0.26 and a lost time injury frequency rate of 0.09 and these uh, numbers put us firmly in the the first quartile of the uh, benchmark peer set data moving on to slide six um, the onset and spread of covid19 has had as you can imagine a a significant impact on our mining operations around the world all mining companies uh, have, have felt the impact A number of companies have had to limit or, in some cases, stop production entirely. To date, uh, COVID-19 has had a a limited impact on our production activities at each of our uh, operations, including MOA and our refinery at Fort Saskatchewan, as well as our power and oil production efforts. The limited impact is due in large part to the additional health and safety measures that we implemented starting in, uh, in March, these measures include practicing uh, social distancing and intensified uh, hygiene practices and uh, a ban on travel. Our employee health and safety are paramount to share it, and we will take all measures to protect our employees. While the impact of COVID-19 on operations to date has been limited, we are withdrawing our guidance for 2020 given our limited near-term visibility on a number of factors. Now turning to our production results starting with the uh, MOA JV on slide 7. On a 50% basis MOA produced 3,836 tons of nickel and 400 tons of cobalt in uh, the first quarter of this year. These totals represent uh, declines of 13% and 6% respectively from the same period of last year. I should make clear that these declines were not driven by operational challenges but r- rather by delays and disruptions in the delivery of mixed sulfides to our uh, refinery in Fort Saskatchewan. These delays were caused by rail blockades in Canada that uh, limited deliveries for a span of uh, about two weeks in February, and by some shipping interruptions um, from uh, from MOA. The impact of these uh, delivery disruptions was minimized by the success we've uh, enjoyed over uh the last twenty four months from our operational excellence initiatives that we've launched. These initiatives, you'll recall uh, include uh, acquiring new mining equipment, uh, we've, uh, which has delivered a number of benefits uh, such as improved ore access and uh, reduced uh, downtime. The uh, net direct cash cost in the first quarter was uh, four thirty three per pound us down and that's down four uh, percent from last year. The decline was primarily due to higher realized cobalt prices and uh, lower uh, sulfur costs when uh, compared to uh, Q1 of 2019. I should point out that the sulfur costs have risen since the uh, start of Q2 by approximately 50%, largely as, as a result of lower available supply. Um, Next, turning to our oil and gas operations on slide eight, we produced 3,277 barrels of oil per day in Cuba on a gross working interest basis in the first quarter. This uh, total marked a decline of approximately 25% from last year when we produced 4,443 barrels of oil per day. Uh, The decrease was due to uh, natural reservoir declines. And as is to be expected, the decrease in the number of barrels produced had a, a uh, negative impact on our unit costs. Uh, unit costs in Cuba for the first quarter were 27 28 per barrel, and that's up uh, 29% from the 20, uh, $21.19 per barrel for the uh, first quarter of last year. Unit costs are also impacted by the uh, depreciation of the Canadian dollar relative to the U.S. currency uh, as labor expenses uh, that we incur are denominated in uh, U.S. dollars. Now, turning to uh, our power division on slide 9, we produced 153 gigawatts of electricity in uh, the first quarter, that's down 12% from last year uh, in the same quarter when we produced 173 gigawatts. Uh, The decrease was due to uh, reduced availability of uh, gas supply. The unit operating costs in the first quarter of this year were 1457 and that's down 28% from the 2028 experienced in the same period last year. That decrease was due to the uh, timing of some maintenance activities and our decision to limit uh, operational uh, spending to levels required to maintain certain plant operations and in line with uh, Cuban energy receipts. The impact of reduced spending was partially offset, however, by the uh, decline in the Canadian dollar as as uh, power uh, business costs are generally denominated in U.S. Cur- uh, currency. So that concludes my review of our operational results. I'll now turn it over to Andrew Snowden, our CFO, who will review our first quarter financial results in uh, much more detail. Andrew?
3: Andrew, are you there? Thank you, Steve, and, and good morning, everyone. Um, I'd like to begin this morning just on slide 11 um, with a review of our quarter-end liquidity position. As you can see in our cash waterfall here, we, we ended the first quarter with a uh, consolidated cash balance of around $193 million, which is up from the $166 million we, we ended the year with. Excluding the consolidated cash held at Energas, the quarter-end liquidity available to share it. Uh, at the end of March was $107 million. The The increase in liquidity from, from December, as Dave mentioned earlier, was driven by a number of, of one-off initiatives, some of these in response to COVID-19, um, and these have temporarily supported an improved liquidity position at the end of March. Um, the, these initiatives include um, positive changes in working capital, which, which you can see totaled $8.9 million during the quarter. And um, this is a result of fertilizer sale prepayments and, and also the, uh, some higher Cuban energy payments. And I'll discuss these energy payments in more detail shortly. Also, we received $13.3 million in distributions from the MOA JV. And, and that was a result of us drawing down MOA's cash balance to, uh, to, to lower levels. In addition, as, as, again, as Dave mentioned earlier, we did receive $16 million in prepayments against future um, nickel deliveries through the course of, uh, which are expected to be delivered through the course of 2020. And and finally, our our cash balance at the end of March did benefit from 7.4 million in lower interest payments, and that was a result of the launch of our balance sheet initiative um, earlier in in the quarter. Now although these items have supported the higher liquidity balance in March, Many of these items have merely brought forward cash flow from later in the year, and, and so I would expect our consolidated cash balance to decline through to the end of 2020. Turning now to, uh, to the next slide, slide 12, this, um, I want to provide a bit more detail on the status of our Cuban energy receivables. So in Q1, we did announce our Cuban partners made a commitment to increase their monthly payment by $5 million a month which coupled with the overdue deal we reached in June of 2019, would take monthly receipts to 7.5 million. This agreement was effective February 1st of this year. As you can see on the slide, the increased collections in Q1 as a result of this, this deal did pave the way for a modest reduction in the amount of overdue receivables owed to share it at the end of March. Although this payment commitment was met in February, The energy payments in March and April, as you can see on this slide, were lower than expected and which which was disappointing. We are currently in ongoing discussions with our Cuban partners to try to resolve these these underpayments. Turning now to uh, slide 13, I wanted to take a few moments just to talk through some of the austerity measures that we've implemented in response to uh, to, to COVID-19. As you can see from this slide, approximately 90 million of savings, and this is savings against budgeted expenses, have been identified. And, and these savings are noted on a 100% basis. But most of these savings were achieved within the MOA JV, and this was to ensure it continues to be self-sustaining in a period of low nickel prices. And so, the, so most of these savings will not directly impact share its liquidity. Examples of these initiatives include reduced maintenance activities at the MOA JV and, and also at Energas. Um, while, of course, ensuring the employee health and safety is protected. And also the deferral of capital spend of approximately 20 million at the JV was was identified. Um, And in addition, the deferral of any future drilling on block 10 within our oil and gas business. We believe these these austerity measures will collectively help us to address near-term uncertainty arising as a result of COVID-19. Turning now to slide 14, another update from the quarter um, is the extension we agreed to our $70 million revolving term credit facility, and that extension was through to August 31. Now, the, the, the extension is shorter than the typical annual renewal. Um, we, would, we would agree, and this is to allow for our balance sheet initiative to complete an appropriate covenant thresholds to there be, there then be agreed based on our, our revised capital structure. The key terms of the extension are listed on this slide, and so I, I won't kind of repeat everything on the slide, um, but this has brought, brought some short-term flexibility to the company um, w- with a number of key financial, uh, financial covenants. Um, most significantly, we did uh, negotiate a reduction in our minimum cash balance to $65 million, um, which, which provides some, some marginal additional uh, capacity. I should point out the financial metrics uh, identified on this slide are um, against the credit facility covenants, uh, which are marginally different to those which uh, um, are disclosed within our financial statements, and so they are not directly tied to our IFRS um, our financial statements. Turning now to slide 15, I, I'd wanted to conclude my remarks just by making a, a few brief comments on the balance sheets initiative we launched in Q1. Um, following our most recent announcement concerning the deferral of the April 9th debt meeting, we have continued discussions with a number of our noteholders with the goal of achieving a consensual transaction for the benefit of all, all stakeholders. We don't have anything substantive to share today, but we, we will continue to provide updates to you on the process and announce a new schedule once that has been determined. So that concludes my remarks today. Um, I'll turn the call back over to David for his uh, closing remarks.
1: Okay, thanks, Steve and Andrew. A couple of things I just wanted to touch on before we take your questions. Um, quick update on on commodity prices on page uh, seventeen. There you can see that in the chart of uh, nickel and cobalt prices moved over the course of the quarter. A lot of volatility, um, particularly in the nickel market, nickel prices came off about 20% in the quarter, um, driven largely by the, by the slowdown in demand uh, as, as COVID-19 uh, uh, took hold uh, first in China and then spreading beyond. Um, we we've, we've expect to see that volatility continue in the near term. It's obviously come back up a little bit in April. Um, as there have been some supply-side responses to the to the demand shocks uh, driven by uh, by COVID-19 shutdowns, um, and we'll see where we we go from here. Uh, cobalt prices, uh, by comparison, uh, have uh, been relatively stable through the quarter, um, although we're seeing a bit of softness in the, in the cobalt market uh, now. In terms of the outlook for nickel, over the page on page 18, um, you know, we are, I think, now, and we're going to see a fair amount of volatility as we see how. Demand response uh, as, as countries start trying to come out of out of COVID and, and, and how those how demand picks up relative to some of the supply. They'll likely be coming back online as well as um, as, as as operations emerge from lockdown and can get back up and, and producing again. Uh, there's some analysts out there that I think we're going to see some surpluses in in 2020 and potentially into 2021 um, as a result of of supply potentially coming back online more quickly than uh, then demand uh, coming back um, and we are seeing inventories rising a bit over the course of the quarter and, and, and uh, through the, uh, the past month or so uh, as, as, uh, as uh, some stockpiles in inventory are being returned back to the exchanges um, but overall the long-term outlook for nickel still seems positive in terms of the, the drivers of nickel demand particularly for class one nickel over the next few years around the electrification of transportation those underlying themes continue to be true Lastly, just a quick update on Block 10, um, and, and frankly, not very much to tell you. We did, obviously, complete the drilling and reach uh, our target depth. Um, you know, the work on the well and our drilling equipment was done. We did get the rig off the well, and we were getting to the point where we were beginning to do some testing. Um, frankly, we got then just held up by the, by the COVID-19 outbreak uh, and inter-provincial uh, transportation restrictions in Cuba. Made it more difficult to get the, the testing that needs to be done uh to, to figure out where we go next from a, from a, uh from a, from a testing and see what we actually have there. perspective um as a result of that delay uh, we have basically suspended all operations at block 10 and we hope to be able to resume that, that testing and, and go from there once uh, once the, the travel restrictions are eased uh, and then um, hopefully that will be in the in the coming weeks here um So that gives you a sense, I hope, of of how we've responded to COVID-19 and and, and where we are at uh, as we deal with some of the issues we were dealing with before COVID-19 broke out and how um, uh, COVID-19 has added to that. Um, The short term, we remain focused on protecting our employees uh, and and trying to contain the spread of COVID-19 while maintaining uh, uh, safe and reliable production uh, and remain focused on working out our, our balance sheet initiative transaction. Um, That is what we wanted to tell you about this morning, and so now, Operator, if there are any questions, we would be happy to take them.
0: Certainly. If you would like to ask a question, please press star, followed by the number 1 on your telephone keypad. To withdraw your question, please press the pound key. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from Tony Robson from Global Mining Research. Your line is open.
4: Uh, gentlemen, good, uh, good morning. Uh, thank you for the presentation. Thank you for taking my questions. Good to see you guys plucking away in a very uh, different hostile uh, world from our previous uh, conference call. Uh, two, two questions, if I may, please. One operational. Um, a lot of us are probably not aware of what the government regulations are in Cuba in terms of social, social isolation. Uh, and distancing and, of course, in a, in a coronavirus world. So um, uh, just a brief overview of what the Cuban requirements are, please, and then how that especially is impacting Moor Bay production. Um, you'll obviously have the last month's output uh, figures. So um, that first quarter was impacted more by Canadian rail and wet weather. It was in January at Moa. I was just wondering whether we'll see an improved quarter two or whether COVID restrictions will mean it's it's even lower. Uh, That's the operational question. The financial question, uh, and I can understand this is probably going to be um, commercially sensitive, but in terms of the debt restructuring, is the delay with the negotiations and the pushing back of the time frame due more to COVID, again, restrictions in Canada, as in you can't meet people, or is there a greater gap, if you like, between what the bondholders think is a fair haircut and what has been proposed?
1: Thank you for the two questions. Uh, thanks, Tony. I'm nice to hear from you. Um, so I'll try and give a bit of context around around each of, of those for you. I don't have definitive answers for you on either one, but I can give you a bit of a, a, a sense of the, of the, the dynamic. Um, in terms of impact of COVID in, in Cuba, um, Cuba took a pretty significant action once they had a, 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 a few cases. Um, the cases initially began or were brought to the island by, by tourism um, and then within a couple of weeks uh, they had uh, basically shut down the, the the country to foreigners and there's very little up to, to no transportation in and out of out of the country as well uh, at this point now um, but they have had instances of of community transmission and so there are cases in the country um, in Havana and some cities around Havana particularly in areas concentrated around uh, some of the, the tourist areas. Uh, to try and prevent the, uh, the the spread of the disease across the country, they have put in quite uh, heavy restrictions and, and, uh, on intra-country travel. So there's there's very little travel between the the, the provinces of Cuba um, to prevent it moving beyond the cities where it is now, and that seems to have been reasonably effective so far. There have been a few isolated cases in the Moa area. Um, but they've been successful so far in isolating those cases, and we haven't seen any significant spread in Moa City, although there are some areas of the country where they are dealing with with outbreaks. The Moa area itself thus far has not had any any significant impact. Um, So what that means operationally for us at the moment is uh, we're actually running pretty well at the moment. Um, We've had a decent April, um, and, and at this point in time we expect to be able to continue that. Um, but there is obviously greater vulnerability and just as we continue to to track the disease and there are lots of steps and measures being taken um, both in Moa and in Port Saskatchewan in terms of limiting the number of people on site. We've made changes to the number of shift changes over the course of a week to limit uh, the interaction between people coming on and off shift. A lot of changes to ensure social distancing and and all the other measures that you hear so much about from around the world, Um, but obviously we do have that same vulnerability that everybody everybody is facing today at the risk of an outbreak that causes us to, to slow or, or have to shut down at some point in time. Um, but uh, as of today, um, we are we are running and running pretty well. Um, on the financial side of things, we did have some issues uh, around COVID-19 uh, just in terms of getting packages uh, uh, out to, to the shareholders and bondholders in response. And that was part of what was... Uh, behind some of the extensions, uh, to, uh, our, our early consent dates. Um, uh, and now then we, then we did publish the, the, the meeting results close to the, 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 deadline of our, of our meetings. Um, and we are now in, in conversation with a number of bondholders. Um, and you frankly understand that there's not a lot of context I can provide you on that really until, until we have something to announce. Um, it's obviously a big priority for us, given the impact on our liquidity and the debt levels that we were trying to address, even in a, in a, in a pre-COVID world. Um, so all I can really tell you today, Tony, is it's, a, it's, a, it's a, obviously a big con- focus of the, of the company and the management team. And um, you know, as soon as we have something to, to announce, um, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be sure to be out there announcing it. Okay, so fair enough. That,
4: thank, that thank, thank you for this. Uh, uh, it is, thank you.
0: As a reminder, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one. Your next question comes from Andrew Ginsberg from RW Press. Your line is open. Andrew Ginsberg, your line is open you may hang up or press one for more options we have no further questions in queue I will turn the call back over to management for closing remarks
1: all right well if there are no further questions um, all I can say then is thank you very much for for taking the time to, to join us this morning um, everybody, uh, including all of you, have been through a lot of upheaval and, and uncertainty in the last couple of months. So um, uh, we look forward to updating you further on some of the things that we told you about today that we have underway. Um, and until we position to do that, um, I hope everybody is able to stay safe, uh, stay sane, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks very much.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.